0: Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We hope that you'll be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I'm going to start by telling you a story, a story that happened this week. While well, Michael, Siobhan and I were getting ready to start with Bible school, we started a bit late uh, this week. Uh, Michael got a call from Helen. And uh, it went something along like, like this, I'll try my best. What did you do to my car radio? None of the stations are working. I just get static. Of course, Michael gave the typical male response of, nothing, I didn't do anything. <laughs> now, even Siobhan and I didn't believe that statement. We were like, you must have done something. Not all the radio stations can't be not working or functioning correctly. They can't all have an issue. Well, the Lord humbles us, amen? (laughs) While I was on my way home, the Spirit prompted me to try to check. I don't normally listen to radio. decided me to check. And lo and behold, Michael was right. He was innocent. Flicking through the radio stations, I don't know if all of you noticed on Tuesday, but all the Cape Town radio stations were down. What did you get in their place? What did you get in the place of the African radio station? Something like that. You got static, right? All the Cape Town radio stations were unable to broadcast their signal. You could, on the national radio stations, like Radio 2000 or 5FM, you were getting their content, their music, their disc jockeys, but all the Cape Town radio stations were down. You were just getting static. Now, like I said, I, I called Michael and I confessed my guilt and proved his innocence, and he did a quick internet search and confirmed that due to the adverse weather that we had throughout the weekend and Tuesday, that the FM broadcast or transmitter was not functioning correctly in the city. That all the radio stations within the city were unable to broadcast their, their signal. So all we received was static. Now, you see, the Lord already started speaking to me using the medium of the radio while I was informant. So I found this very interesting. Like, Lord, you want to say some more? <laughs> so the Lord gave me the radio as an illustration. You see, some people in this world haven't accepted Jesus and his message yet. They are unable to hear his voice. Their connection to him is severed. All they receive is static. You see, it's that they are, no, they are not open or available to receive his broadcast. But those of us, thankfully, have accepted Jesus and his gospel message, and we have no break in transmission. Amen? Amen? Our spirit radios have the ability to receive the Holy Spirit transmission. Just like Radio 2000 listeners on Tuesday, we, we would be none the wiser. We would have kept getting the, the communication through the Holy Spirit, right? There would have been no break in transmission. But my focus today is, is that let's ask a real question. Let's be open and honest. Why do so few of us then hear or discern the Lord's voice clearly? And why, if we do, why is it so infrequent? This is what the Lord was challenging me on. You see, the illustration of the radio and form what the Lord gave me is that we know the Lord is always speaking. We know He is always broadcasting through the Spirit. Through our rebirth, we once again have the ability to hear Him. We have the ability, our receivers are in working condition to receive the broadcast of the Holy Spirit. So then why? Why do all we hear is static? Have you ever asked yourself that question? You see, what does static represent? Why do we just hear static? Static is all the things of this world that distract us, grab and hold our attention, and drown out His voice. The more distraction, the more diverted focus, the louder the static. And His voice, God's voice, becomes indiscernible from the rest. You see, we need to turn our hearts and tune our hearts away from this world's noise and tune into the frequency of His voice. So if all we're getting is this, what do we need to do? Where was the tune? button? there it is. We need to tune to Him. Amen? But who knows, tuning is is not an easy process. It's a fine, concentrated, fine motor movement process. It takes effort. It takes quietening down of the noise. It takes pressing into His presence like we did this morning. Wasn't that so wonderful? Isn't it so wonderful that He wants more of that for us more often and deeper? Amen? This was just a touch. This was just a taste this morning. And once we find His voice, He wants us to turn the volume up. He wants us to play Him loud. Amen? You see, this is what God is calling this family to. Amen? I know this is what God is calling me to, and it's a personal thing for me. I'm not yet to tell you something that I am not being challenged myself. God is challenging me to greater consecration to Him, to tune into Him and to turn the volume up so we can clearly hear and discern His voice in our hearts. So let me continue with the radio analogy just for a bit longer to illustrate consecration. In radio technical talk, static is known as noise. That's where the word noise comes from. Noise is the unwanted random electric signals that present in a radio receiver in addition to the desired signal. Let me repeat that. Noise is the extra unwanted random electrical signals present in a transmission in addition to the intended desired radio signal. So noise or radio noise is a combination of atmospheric noise, spherics or static, created by things like lightning, thermal noise, and other man Made electrical devices who knows we have the most man-made electrical devices known to man today and they are creating a lot of noise amen let me let me tell you something did you know that if no noise was picked up with radio signals even weak transmissions could be received at virtually any distance by making a radio receiver that was sensitive enough in other words if there was no noise you could broadcast from a little radio station with a weak signal and it could travel for miles and someone would just pick it up. See, noise is the, is the detriment of the signal. So, since we're talking science and physics, let's briefly hypothesize. Number one, we know God never stops broadcasting. Amen? He's always broadcasting, communicating through the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The Spirit lives within us and therefore his source is not weak or far away but most of the time most of us mostly hear noise or static why the answer is noise noise is drowning out his signal the things of this world are drowning out his voice john tells us this in 1 john verse 2 verse 1 john 2 verse 15 to 17 in the message 1 John, chapter 2, verse 15 to 17 in the message. Turn to your Bibles as well. Let's read it together. From verse 50, it says, Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out, but whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Doesn't the message put it beautifully that it's the love of the world's goods and the love of the world's ways that squeezes out the love of the Father? It isolates us from Him and His message, for us, and His voice. See, God is speaking to us today to to not only tune away from the noise and to tune into His Spirit, but to greatly increase our sensitivity to hear His voice, to turn up the volume of the Holy Spirit within us. Amen? But how do we tune into Him and how do we turn up the volume? That's generally the question everyone asks. How? How do we tune into God, and how do we turn up the volume? Now, most of us would respond with the following. Spend more quiet time with Him, more focus on Him, more of His Word, and more of His Spirit. And you would be correct, amen? But I want to go deeper than that. If it was just a simple case of doing those activities, all of us would be experiencing God's presence, and His voice all the time. You see, doing Christian activities of quiet time, reading your Bible, praying, is no guarantee of actually spending time and encountering Him, isn't it? It can be as dry and as lifeless as the desert if all there are are Christian activities, if all there are are traditional practices that we do for the sake of doing them. Let me give you an example of my life and my testimony. I literally grew up here. (laughs) I grew up in church. All my life I lived with the influence of churchianity around me. I was baptized in water and in the spirit at a very young age and there was never a time or season that I was away from church for any period of time. This is where I was born and this is where I was raised. Don't get me wrong. I thank God every day for my beginnings, of my foundations. It's something I never will take for granted. But you see, I grew comfortable in the tradition and the flow of Christian and church life. I grew up watching my dad every morning, probably in his prayer closet before I was awake, and watched him live out his faith passionately. And yet none of these things that I've mentioned, none of these churchianity activities, truly motivated me or inspired me to fervently pursue God and to seek Him with my my whole heart. What I saw my dad had, I didn't understand why I did not have it. The same measure, the same hunger, the same appetite. I had a strong conviction to live the right Christian life, but I didn't experience the Father's touch. From time to time, He gave me a move. He gave me a, a breath that I received it, but I never, it never penetrated my heart to such a degree that it caught on fire. I never fully understood or experienced Dad's passionate hunger for the Lord's presence. Even entering full-time ministry two, two or three years ago now, I enjoyed a greater measure of God's presence than I have before because I, I surrendered more time to Him. Of course, He reciprocates, and I had a greater measure. But again, it was still at my own pace and on my own terms, enjoying Him on walks. I love to walk and listen to praise and worship and Christian podcasts. I I encountered God. But you see, it was just the start. It is just the start. It's like dipping your ankles in the presence of God. You go into the beach and you run into the ocean. You get blessed by the ocean. You get blessed by the sound, the waves, the fresh air, and Cape Town, the freezing cold on your ankles. But he doesn't want us to stop there. God wants us to fully immerse ourselves in His presence and in Him, holding nothing back. Only then would we begin to passionately hunger for more of Him. You see, consecration is not only about reducing the noise and exclusively tuning into the things of God. Trying to reject the things of the flesh in the flesh are futile. Let me repeat that. Trying to reject the things of the flesh in the flesh is futile. And it may be more damaging to our faith. We can't and we never will be able to do it in our own strength. And that's the beauty of our relationship with Jesus Christ. He has done everything already. It's about surrendering our ability and ourselves to Him, fully yielding to His Spirit working within us and through us. It's about experiencing the Father Himself. That is the whole point. He is the whole point. He wants us to fully experience Him, holding nothing back. When we do that, when we, when we run into that ocean, and we dive, and we are fully subm- immersed in His presence and who He is, naturally our hearts will respond with an increase of sensitivity, with a wanting to increase our capacity and our ability to sense him in every moment. It's a natural response of our heart, because we can't do it without him. Let me read to you let me read to you another scripture, One Chronicles 28 verse nine. Please turn in your own Bibles. I'm reading from the New King James Version. One Chronicles twenty eight verse nine, and this is a this is a, a, a very important verse and meaningful verse for me and for my family. This is the verse the verse of scripture that was read at Nicole and my wedding, when Dad gave his his message and his prayer. And also, this is the scripture that the Lord used to confirm to Nicole my entry into full-time ministry. And the Lord used this verse again at Formit, and he spoke to me again. So let's read it together. 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father. Serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intents of the thoughts. If you seek Him, He will be found by you. But if you forsake Him, He will cast you off forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Now, nothing grabs me more than the first verse. Know the God of your father, because practically it applies to my life. The Lord has called me to know the God of my Father, just like David has implored Solomon to know the God that he has experienced. Now, that word know is not what we understand it as in the English language. In Hebrew, the word know is yada, and it's far more broad than we understand it. Hebrew, the Hebrew alphabet has a fraction of words than our or vocabulary that our English vocabulary has. That word know is so much deeper than just a mental theological knowledge or mental knowledge. It's an intimate relationship. The same way in Genesis when, we, when Adam and Eve, they, Adam knew Eve. It was an intimate relationship. So when, Sol- when David is urging Solomon to know, to know God like I know God, he's saying, enter into that intimate relationship that I have with our Heavenly Father. Amen? Let me read you a quote from David Guzik. David's exhortation to Solomon begins with the most important aspect, emphasizing a genuine commitment to a real relationship with the living God. David essentially told Solomon, the secret of my success has been my relationship with God. You need to pursue the same relationship. Know the rest of the, of the verse. Serve him with all your loyal heart and your willing mind, and if you seek him, he will be found. And he, and he even says that he's chosen you to build a house. The mission is there, the, the exhortation is there, but what starts it all is a knowing. It's a deep, intimate relationship. That is the key for any outworking of the vision that God has given us. We have to know him intimately. What I want to say to you this morning is that true consecration starts with experiencing His undeniable presence. When we feel, hear, touch, our hearts will want nothing else. You know those moments I'm talking about, those moments where beyond a shadow of a doubt you know the presence of Almighty is with you and in you, that you have that Shekinah presence, that manifest presence, just like in the Old Testament of cloud and fire, that you know that you encountered Him, Amen? Well, you, you've seen the, the response, and I, I don't have to convince you. I know that you've seen the heart response of those who've come back from the sending conference. And I know, just like when Moses came down from the mountain, you can see the impact that that sending conference has had on all of us, because we met with the presence of God. The very first day of the sending conference, for me, was that Shekinah moment. When I experienced God in a way like I have, never done before. John Skoltz was speaking on the importance of the Holy Spirit and he had a brief, very pinpoint sermon or message, but most of his time was dedicated for an altar call calling people those who had not yet experienced an infilling of the Holy Spirit and then those who wanted a refreshing or refilling of the Holy Spirit. And all of us went forward, and I went forward, because we wanted to experience God afresh and boy did I get refilled I got hit by a tidal wave under God's presence I encountered his touch afresh I told Nicole and those who asked that it felt like I was hit by a tidal wave I didn't know where I was for a period of time I was just being just being washed with the presence of God over and over that I was there for a long period of time I was dazed and I don't know if you have ever experienced something like that I remained in the front of the hall right into the next session and speaker, and they started urging people away, and Nicole helped me to my feet. I didn't know how much time had passed. You see, I've never experienced something like that before in all my churchianity practices, and I I will tell you why. I wrote the prose that Michael asked for the spoken word that we all gave to you. I'll read you my unedited version. I said, It was my burning bush. My face felt the warmth of God's love. In response, I removed the sandals of my heart, everything holding me back from fully experiencing Yahweh's presence. Oblivious to anyone or anything around, only aware that I was standing on holy ground. The Lord spoke, I am sending you now to set my captive people free. Remember this moment as a sign, a sign that I am the one who has sent you. Stop questioning. Stop doubting. I will be with you, said the great I Am. When I was experiencing that tidal wave of the Lord, I could just not think anything else other than Moses and the burning bush and how this was that experience for me. In that moment, I journeyed from saying, Lord, I want to be sent. Send me to I am sent. I realized that my heart was the sole determinant, the sole reason that was preventing me from being sent. You see, to be sent is to be fully surrendered and yielded to Him, wherever you go, whenever you go. Since then, since that burning bush moment from my life, I've begun to taste and gain an appetite for His presence that I've never had before. I found it easier to tune away from the noise that this world presents and to tune into His presence. Finding God was speaking to me constantly. Everywhere I went, everything I encountered, God was speaking loud and clear. It was amazing. Any conversation I was having with anybody, the Lord was speaking. While I was in format with Michael, and it was, God's timing is the best, Amen. I remember we were trying to decide if, when we were going to go to form it, because the Lord laid on our hearts to, to set some t- time away for prayer and fasting to speak to us as individuals and speak to us about what, what He has to speak to the house. And we were thinking about doing it before the sending. And Michael's like, no, let's do it after the sending. And I'm so grateful that we did that because now I have experienced that amazing presence that He was going to use to speak to me in a greater measure. So we went I went with Michael, performed it for two or three days, and can you believe I didn't even I didn't struggle to fast food? Okay, just for the first day, fine. <laughs> if you know me, if you know me, fasting was a big a big deal for me because I like to eat and I like to eat often. But I found that it wasn't that difficult on the first day. I enjoyed feeding on God's word and he was and finding that he was constantly speaking to me throughout the scripture verse by verse, scripture after scripture, he was speaking. You see, for the first time, I begin to experience the truth in the words of a powerful hymn. You may know it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You see, if our focus is in the flesh, trying to tune out the noise and trying to shift our minds away from the noise we're going to fail all we need to do is to find him to find his presence to press into who he is and then we will see that it like the 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 him is so powerful the things of the earth you won't understand why that one day one minute before you were looking you were fixated on things but the next moment because you've tasted his presence you know why you were created from the first place you know who you are Better than anybody has told you. You don't need those things. They grow strangely dim, they fade away. I experienced the love of Jesus' face presence. I tasted a measure of his glory and grace. And the things of the world did grow strangely dim. I no longer yearn for earth substitutions because I tasted his presence. In my prose, I mentioned sandals, the sandals of my heart. Sandals restricted Moses and Joshua from fully feeling and experiencing God's presence. For me, the sandals of my heart represented anything of my making that kept me from fully experiencing His presence. My doubts, my insecurities, my identity kept me from experiencing Christ fully. God wanted me to remove these and to fully yield and to surrender to Him. Only then could I be fully immersed in his presence. It's the things that we cling on to that give us a self-sense of worth or identity that holds us back from experiencing who he is. He never gave us those things. We need to let them go. We need to put them down. We need to remove our sandals. See, this morning, I can sit here and I can discuss and I can share but I don't want to try and convince you. I don't want to try and motivate you. I want you to go experience the presence of God for yourself. Only then will you really understand that appetite. Only then will you increase your appetite or even further. Because God is immeasurable. Amen? Amen? Just when we think we can never experience more of Him, he, he does give us more. From glory to glory. Amen? So I wanted to ask a question this morning. What are the sandals of your heart? What is holding you back that you have placed on yourself that is preventing you from entering into his presence and fully surrendering into him, into his current of love? What is keeping you from fully experiencing his manifest presence, his Shekinah presence? The Father longs to show himself and converse intimately with us. He never stops broadcasting. He's always on air. The red light is always on. He's always talking to us. We need to remove our sandals, we need to remove the noise, and we need to experience Him. We are like radios designed to hear and play the melodies of His Spirit, but isn't it wonderful that it's not just for us. We are the radios of here for the World. They long to hear the melody of Christ. They long to hear a new song, only one that Christ can bring in our hearts that will point to Him as our source. There's too much static and noise in our own hearts, in my heart. There's too much static and noise in the churches today. When we tune into God one-on-one in those private moments, intimately and passionately, it is His voice that will be amplified and heard throughout the airwaves. Family, like we prayed and like I prayed when I started, all God wants is you. That's all He's ever wanted. Picture the father's heart in scripture that from the beginning with Adam and Eve, and as the story continues, he just keeps reaching out to humanity, just keeps reaching out, makes makes available, makes covenants, makes plans for them, just to get back into that presence, just to have his presence reside with them. If it's not in a tent, it's in a temple. But man keeps running away, man keeps getting distracted, man keeps running after the things of this world. But God never stops trying. He even came into a human body, into His Son, and died for us. That we wouldn't have to do anything else. That we just have to surrender to Him. So this morning, I believe we should continue in the presence of God. We should allow ourselves to just drift in His currents of love this morning. Because God wants to show Himself. God wants to show himself to us, Lord. So I urge you this morning, kick off your sandals, run into his arms. It's there in intimacy with him that you will truly feel love. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.